the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Make sure to stop by our website, artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and check out our new seasonal subscription box and start your subscription today. Also stop by our website or beginagaintoys.com for our Percy King Collaborative Stacked Puzzle Art Kits. Remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. And remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Super cool podcast today as I get to speak with entrepreneur, mental and breathwork coach, former professional volleyball player, and former college volleyball coach, Sana Koyonen. Make sure to follow Sana on Instagram at mindof, S-A-A-N-A, and stop by her website, S-A-A-N-A-K-O-L-J-O-N-E-N.com. Let's welcome Sana Koyonen. Here we go. Technology works again. <laughs> Every once in a while. I mean, yeah. We always have to have those difficulties. I used to be a lead singer of a band and we would have those. This is the technical difficulties portion of the show. So just always yeah. happens. So, well, thank you for doing this. Um, first of all, it's, uh, and I'm, I started recording, by the way. Uh, we met through Clubhouse got a year ago, whatever. I don't even remember when the hell that was at this point. It's been a yeah, while. <clears throat> I it has been I, a while, yeah. I haven't been on that platform forever at this moment. Um, Me neither. Me neither. But but yeah, like I, I've always wanted to get you on. And then I saw you posted something the other day and I was like, oh, I got to reach back out to her. And because um, I think what you're doing, like in what you said in your message the other day that you're you just launched your platform this last past week or something correct yeah yeah my yeah. group program so i've run it now twice yep. and then yeah now it's the third time and you can still hear my voice it's a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little stuffy yeah so yeah that kind of was a bummer that i was just like sick when i was needed to do like all the of course work for it but yeah i just it happens actually... and it's still my business so then i just will keep the um cart open for longer and that's it how do i fix it yep yeah. No. And I, I actually just went through a bout of COVID and I'm still, I think, dealing with like the back end of stuff, which is just a bizarre, oh, bizarre disease. Yeah. No, it's just, it's weird. It's yeah. just a weird, weird, cause I, you know, like I'm healthy. I work it out is. every day. I eat well and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't discriminate. So, but anyways, yeah. th- thank you for doing this <laughs> going back to the original thing, yeah. because like you were a professional athlete um, mm-hmm. and then you've really, you've gotten into kind of the coaching aspect you are you still at uc boulder no not anymore okay so you coached volleyball there for a little bit um Mm -hmm. but you're also like into the mindful into the breath work and so i think like there's a lot of discussion and like overlap of what we talk about in terms of like mental health wellness but also how 
like I want to talk about your transition out of being an athlete because you were kind yeah. of forced out um, because yeah. you did you have MRSA? Was that what you had? Oh, I wish I would remember the name of the okay. bacteria, but I don't. Okay, no, it's fine. Like it, the thing, it was taken away from you um, probably yeah. before you wanted to have it taken away. And so I want to talk about that transition because I think a lot of, you know, former athletes, me included at a different, I mean, I was in college, but that when your sport is taken away and you don't know what you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. it's kind of a, it's, it's a difficult transition, but that can go really for <clears throat> anyone in any kind of aspect. So th I just think that those things are important to like, we're all defined as something, but we're always more mm -hmm. than that thing that we're defined as. And like, you were obviously probably defined as a volleyball player, but yeah. people didn't know that you had these other interests and passions and different stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of entry places that we can get into, but, um, yeah. So I don't know, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to first to start with, like, I was, um, also going through all of your websites. Yep. Um, absolutely love what you do. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're having a blast. <laughs> yeah. And just an example, like we just went through this, like with the other group program that I have and a lot of them had, like we went through their values and half of the group said that they want to have more creativity, that they could express more creativity or, or like the creative side of them as part of like becoming more aligned with themselves and balance that sport life. Yep. So I don't know, like the way that you, you, um, created the thing that you're doing for work is like amazing and totally matches with like what I right now see in the field that that's what they want um and I think more people are recognizing it like it really helps to balance them whenever there is also a way to express that creativity inside of them if it's not necessarily something that they can do in sports even though sometimes we can also use sports as a platform of that creativity as well but sometimes it's not possible it's, or it's a different way that they wish it to express themselves. So thank you for doing the work that you do. Oh, That's no. the first thing I want to say. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Also, but yeah. Um, I was just also, also going to say like, there's possible collaborations with, with you in the future in terms of what you're doing. We just started a subscription box service and you know, like I think it's something what you do, like we could put like information in a box to like promote what you're doing because again, you know, there's so many overlaps in what we do mm -hmm. and, and, and talk about in, in, in terms of wellness, in terms of, you know, like I always say, I'm also a professor at a university mm -hmm. and I, I started a class that kind of mirrors the, what we do at the abstract athlete. And so I work with a lot of student athletes and I always say to them, it's like, what do you want to do creatively? Cause I don't want to tell you what to do. I want you to find yeah. something that you enjoy because if you enjoy something, you're going to always want to go back to it. And that's, that's half the battle. It's like, I think so many yes. people think creativity is drawing or painting and that's it. Yep. And it's like, no, it's, it's so many different things. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's do some collaboration with that because I was looking at the subscriptions boxes and I was like, Oh my God, this would be perfect to send to some of my athletes as well so they can, they could also just use that and just have some kind of like a more guided process, like what to do instead of just like wonder like, yes, I know I want to do this, but I have no idea what to do and I'm not a good drawer. So then they kind of like, yep, that's it, you know? So then exactly what you said, but yeah, we're to start. <laughs> um, yeah. Volleyball was 
was my life for a longer time. And then, like you said, like it was kind of taken away from me. And the transition part of it was really interesting because even though I thought like I felt so um, just like that it was unfair. I think that was the biggest feeling that I had the whole time. Like this is unfair. This should not happen to me because I've done so much work and I knew like what could I right now achieve if I just keep believing in myself this way and just really focusing on the present moment. So I just like, I felt like I find found that belief in myself like later in my career. So now when I was like, no, like I knew that where I could go, and I I was so excited about seeing that too. Like, okay, where am I going to go with volleyball? Because now I got there like mentally and emotionally to a much better place that I had had being before. Um, which is another big part of the story of like how am, am I doing the work now that I am doing? So then, yeah, unfairness was my probably like the biggest theme of the transition time and it was hard to deal with because they're also it does bring feelings like anger and frustration that are not very positive and then it also like made me feel just like really sad this is sad like this is just unfair I don't think I deserve this but there's nothing I can do I'm still in bed and there's nothing that I can do for this like other than just like lay in bed and keep it elevated and just hope that it you know like heals at some point because it with the bacteria infection too like I was already taking like the maximum amount of antibiotics and then my body couldn't even handle the amount of antibiotics because it was too much for it so then the whole situation of like the five months after getting injured was just time where you don't even think about volleyball anymore but it really becomes about that identity like okay what am I then now when there's like, okay, there's no even volleyball, that's that's fine. Okay, I have, I have understood that. Like, there's no volleyball right now that I can identify myself through. But what if I cannot move? What if I don't have a, like, a functioning leg that would allow me to do the things that I usually do? Like, go for walks or, like, anything like that. Like, the physical movement was basically zero from, like, let's just say 95. <laughs> it just went to zero. So that was such a hard part for me to understand that, how can this happen to me? And then what am I, if I cannot even move? What, not even sport, but moving. Well, and that's, I mean, and then <clears throat> once you start going down that path, it starts to spiral. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're thinking about your physical self, but the mental, the mental health is just spiraling out of control. And it's, it's just human nature. Like it's hard not to like, I don't want to say it's not hard not to think of doomsday, but like you start thinking about like those simple things of like going for a walk, you know, where we take that for granted. Um, And for, for an athlete, it's like, well, whatever walking, you know, like, you know, it's super boring. Yeah. I mean, we think about the high intensity workouts or whatever, (laughs) but then like when you have these things, like, I think I read you were in bed for like four months. Is that what it said? Yeah. I mean, that had to be just like so difficult not again, like not just the physical, but the mental, because it's like, you're just sitting there. Like I am a high level athlete. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? You know? And it's like, that had to be like the, the crushing part for you. I'm sure. Yeah, it was, it was. And, and my dream at that point was also when I realized like, there's no going back in volleyball. Um, Like right now, it's not like anywhere in the near future, but it was about, can I stand with two legs 
when I'm showering. I was tired of like putting the plastic bag around my leg and standing like a flamingo and then just like balancing. And it, it just made showering so hard. So that was my only thing that was like, I, I am just striving towards standing with two legs when I'm showering at one point of my life again. Right. And that's it. Like, that's where I wanted to go towards. And then the, um, like, you just need to focus on the littlest things. So for me, it was like, just take those vitamins. Yep. Like if there's nothing else that I can do for my body right now, it's just like, take those vitamins. Like I was not cooking for myself or anything like that. Even that was just like too much. But then the littlest thing that I could do for myself was getting out of bed and taking vitamins. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's a different lifestyle. It is. No, it is like, it's again, like, I think that, were you doing anything creative in that time? Like, were you thinking about anything creative? Like what was, I mean, because again, what we're trying to promote and you, like you said, you looked at it is like to kind of creativity, like physical exercise really takes down mental stressors and anxiety and different things. Mm -hmm. And like, because you had that, your definition taken away from you, like that, was that creative side elevated at that point? Yeah. What a great question. Yes. (laughs) That saved me. That, that really did save me because I like my body couldn't work and I still knew that my brain did. So then I contacted, um, CEO of, of a company called Excellent Disc that was doing the disc personality mm-hmm. test things for us in the national team. So then I asked him that if there's anything that I could do, could he help me just like give me like an Excel sheets to fill out or whatever that I could just like use my brain in some capacity because it's just like I'm losing my mind. And then he was working on this project where he had already like created a lot of information and knowledge about how different athletes are doing different things and but they're still getting to the top but they're very different personality wise and not even personality but behavioral wise as well like okay some person can have you know just like can come in the practice like five minutes before and then just like in the last minute they just like tie their shoelaces and they can still be amazing and then there's somebody who has been there for 25 minutes preparing for like every single detail but when they compete they can go head to head So it's not that there's only like one path to the top. So then he was like exploring different teams, different athletes and traveling with them and collecting lots of information. So then he had like this, basically like this huge data bank about different ways how athletes are becoming great. But then he didn't have the time to like put it together into like smaller, more understandable like boxes or labels and so on. So then he brought me in for that project. And that's when I was able to use my creativity. Like I could search like for hours for like theory information about like what is optimism for example and then writing it down and like when there was some like little idea that sparked like if, if it was for example about optimism that what does optimism mean in my life then I was writing about it so then that was kind of like my creative outlet to also yeah. process everything that was going through like that I was going through at the same time I was writing a ton that helped me and in some ways i also do feel like meditation is a creativity activity like creative activity for me because it does allow my mind to explore places where it has never been before absolutely so those two things like working for basically working but in a creative way that there was no no boundaries that he set. it was just kind of like there's this much of information try to put them into like boxes labels and let's just see what we can come up come out with that or come up with that 
And then also meditation and writing and journaling was probably the biggest ones. Have you, like, I noticed you had a blog. Was that part of, part of that? Were you putting out the writings? Was that part of the therapy of, I, I hate that word therapy, but was that part yeah. of your, I do, like, I don't like that. I Like, because yeah. I think, you know, there's a, the term art therapy and it's just like, well, art is therapeutic, like physical exercise mm. is therapeutic. We don't need to put that term. It's kind of redundant to me, but was there something yeah. about the writing to you that was personal that you didn't put it out in the world or would you want to put it out in the world? Because I think probably not to like steer you one way or the other, but probably like what you went through would be inspiring to people like to read that stuff or, or was the blog part of that? Yeah. So I did write a blog when I was playing, Okay. but when I got injured, then I, I felt like, like nobody wants to hear about this. And like, there's like, why would I tell how miserable I feel? Right. Like, this is not going to do good to anybody. So then I was writing more just to myself. Then I think I've published two or three pieces from that time. And some of them are just kind of like, they have darker tones. Um, but since then I've done, um, yeah, write, wrote some blogs when I started that business, but then not anymore that much. But then it can also shift the way that I was writing, but I did publish a few a few pieces. And then sometimes I shared them with just my close ones. Just like, hey, this is kind of like how I feel. And this is the best way that I can express it. Because I don't quite know like how to say it. Or if I try to explain it, it doesn't feel like I can get those words out of my mouth. Yep. So writing was some somehow just like an way to process and tell my loved ones what was going on. No, and I, I think that's actually probably the best way to, whether it's art or writing, I mean, it's all, it's all creativity mm -hmm. and that idea of sitting there writing it out as opposed to trying, like we all, <laughs> I feel the same way. I can never voice what I could like, like this, but mm -hmm. like putting it down in a painting or putting it in a song that I write or something like it, or, or just writing in general, like it feels like it's I don't want to say it's clearer, but it's clearer to me maybe is the best way to say it, that it, it comes out in a stronger fashion or, or more personal or something like that. So I, th I don't know. Like, I think it's interesting that, that you did put some of that out because yes, yes, it is darker, obviously, like you said, but mm -hmm. I think that idea that, I mean, other people go through, and again, it's not just I always like to say it's not just for athletes, like this stuff that no. we talk about, like we mm -hmm. all can go through these things. It just, maybe it comes from a different place. And I think the, what you went through, like, I don't think is that different than what a lot of other people are going through. And I think being able to like see that and how you came out on the other end is like a really important journey, you know, like for others to like know about and hear. I don't know. I think that's cool. Yeah. No, I completely agree because it's it's a transition phase. Yep. And we do have different transition phases in our lives. And sometimes do they do come like without warning and you were not prepared for them at all. And then like, how do you deal in that moment when everything it feels like everything is taken away from you that you worked for, for example? And then how do you deal with that um, sorrow, pain, anger, frustration, whatever, whatever there is? And like I... I I remember saying this to my mom, mom. Um, so I also moved back home because I couldn't take care of myself. So then they were there. Finland, correct? 
Yes, Finland. Yeah. So I was playing in France and then I moved to Finland to my parents because then they were at least able to like make coffee for me. <laughs> so that was the uh, my life elixir at that time. But I remember also, yeah, just talking to my mom or with my mom in a, a kitchen table. And I said to her, like, and I started crying in the middle of this, like when I realized like, this is how I feel. So I do feel like this moment is like all of the hard work that I put in, like the sacrifices, the everything that I had built like for so many years. And at that point I was 30 years old. And now they're all leaking out from this wound and I cannot stop it because the wound was like exactly, it was like perfect metaphor for that because the wound was open and it didn't close. Like it was just basically like the state open and it didn't heal. So that way I felt like as long as it's open, everything that I've built so far in volleyball is just kind of like seeping out of that wound. And it's hurting me because I cannot stop it. And there's nothing I can do. And it's just keep like, and the further uh, or like the longer it is open and leaking, the further away I'm always from like coming back. Yeah. And then when they finally like, we got it closed and this was like, so it happened in December. And then I think the first time that we were kind of like clear that the wound was kind of closed after all of the procedures and everything. Like I went through four surgeries too. Uh, within that time frame, it was, I think in the beginning of May when I was on the clear and I got the machine out of my leg too. And at that point, like, okay, now it's closed, but now also the doors to professional volleyball are closed. Like there's so much damage, damage also in the ankle that it doesn't make any sense for me to try to go back as a 30 year old. Like I would have to go through like, such an extensive rehab and then just also like starting again from the bottom because then you missed one season and I would miss the next one and then it just didn't at that point make a lot of sense so that's how it all just went down but I'm proud how I survived it because I knew like all the time like I was kind of on the edge with like mentally like how to do like how to come out of this but then those things that help you just to stay in the present moment are the ones that really saved me and understanding like there's so much more than the physical body. And it's something that you don't necessarily ever understand unless it just really open your mind to the idea that there's more than the physical body. Sports is so weird like that because it's so, I mean, it's so fleeting. It's mm. so quick. And, and even if you're like, the highest level athlete and you get to play out your dream. I mean, look, Tom Brady just retired at 46. Yeah. He's only 46. I mean, you know, like he literally potentially has half of a life left and it, it, it is like, it's, it, you know, like, again, I go back to my thing, like, and I've told this before on the podcast, but I could have been drafted to play baseball out of high school, but I ended up going to college because my parents wanted me to go. I played one year, got red shirted and I shouldn't have been in school. And then I was done. And then like, mm. you know, like different, different ending than yours, but it's still as you know, as drastic and like, Oh yeah. shit. Now what? Because that's what I was like. And that's who I defined myself as. And that's who other people define myself. Even though I was creative, like growing up, I never thought about these things as a path. And mm -hmm. until I thought about these things as a path and it's, 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 it's just interesting because like sports is something that I think once you love it, and I mean, being a, being a player, like you're just in it and like the time constraints mm -hmm. and all these things. And that's what I try to teach 
students and, and, and even adults like that have played, it's like, yes, do that, do that thing you love, but like creativity is not something you have. It doesn't mean you have to be a professional, but doing these things on a daily basis, it's just good for you. And, and not just your mental health, but also your health, because obviously like mental health kind of controls our health in a lot of ways. And so it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and about that, you said it nicely, but like how mental health kind of does define also the overall health. And I think that's what I realized too. Like when I was laying there and in the darkness and the freaking machine was beeping next to me. So I had like a negative pressure machine, like attached, uh, it was like attached to my ankle, um, so that it could like pump out the bad stuff out of there. And then it was sucking it into this like little bag that I had in my waist. And then that was plugged into a wall during the nights. So then that was like keeping this like beeping noise. So then I remember at one point when I was like laying there in the darkness, feeling the, like or hearing this beeping sound that I absolutely hate it because I have like little oversensitive hearing or highly sensitive hearing too. So then that, that drove me nuts. So I just, um, couldn't sleep a lot at that time. And then I was laying in there in the darkness and just going through something like I think I think memories and then it hit me that like oh my god I was just happy for a moment that means that I don't even need to have a functional like well-functioning leg or that physical body that I thought that I need to have in order to be happy because if I can have even like slivers of the moments and feelings of happiness in this state then I can create that state wherever and it's up to my mind that how can I either like recreate that or like understand that or appreciate that or just like finding that gratitude in whatever there is for me right now. And then also another thought that really helped me if anybody would be going through anything similar um, is to understand the things that like allowed us, like allow is allowing us to become successful or enjoy the sport are usually like our personality features or something about us that we are able to express in sports. So the physical body is kind of like a vehicle for that, that we can do those things. But at the same time, it's the heart and the mind and the soul or um, spirit, you can call it whatever you want. But those things about me, for example, like learning and the ambitiousness and competitiveness. And at the same time, also like the sensitive side of me were all of those things that made me so good in volleyball too. And And I still have those. They have always been part of the sport. But like in those moments, I realized how much they actually did define the player that I became, not my body. So then my body kind of like had a smaller role <laughs> yeah. that, um, and that made everything feel better as well to understand that it's not the body that I need in order to become happy again or fulfilled in this life. Is but that, I can co- okay. use those things to become something else that I want to do later. I mean, do you think in some ways laying in that bed, that this is where your company, your business was born, like really starting to think about like these things that you're talking about right now about mindfulness and, and, and kind of understanding joy or like for lack of a better way to say it, or, you know, like an understanding that the body is a vehicle that Mm -hmm. even though like, yes, like physical activities is, is obviously very important, but to understand like these, these activities that you're talking about, like, um, like almost mind over matter, like in, in some ways, was it, did you start thinking about these while you were like in bed? 
Yeah. And for my business, I do see like there's kind of like three different phases where I was born. Um, and the first phase was like during that professional career where I was struggling a lot with my um, my body eating and also just like self-confidence through that. Like I always thought like I'm going to be the underdog. Um, and that's kind of like what also drove me to like work super hard, which got me results, but also made me injured. And even though I was like g- gaining like more success, the chip on my shoulder was kind of still there. So then just learning how to deal with that and like just hiring sports psychologists and nutritional therapists to help me out. I think that was one of them. And also like I dove into a lot of um, just like in that mindset literature that was available at the time and like how to train your mind better. So I think that was kind of like the first that I saw like what huge impact it had for my career. Didn't matter that I already had the ability to pass a ball, but it, but I was like, my mind was in like the obstacle the whole time. Like I needed to have it either better or decide that things that I, I was doing was not good enough and I never saw it. So then just kind of like more removing myself away from that equation and letting my body do the thing that it already knows was kind of like the first part that I, I thought like, this is something that I need to teach to people. And then the second part was definitely just injury. Like just realizing so much more about myself that everybody should know also as athletes and it's hard to like teach it but then through questions you can at least have some hopefully like give some spark that could maybe then get athletes to think about these things a little bit more if anything like that would happen to them or they're just like give more perfect gain more perspective and then the third part of it was to let go of the um role or maybe just like a memory of the um, hurt volleyball player identity just like okay I'm not that I'm not a hurt volleyball player and that's not the story that I want to tell but being like more courageous and stepping into what I want to actually affect in this world like and what that kind of impact would be if I could just like go out in the world and do it without fear what would it look like so I think that was the third part of it like just really accepting things as they are and then making the best out of them and still being ambitious about what you want to create. Come train with us. Creative and athletic training in a box filled with art and sports products, tips and techniques, recipes and collectibles that promote mental and physical wellness. The Seasonal Artist Athlete Box is the next step to a healthier you. Stop by artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and subscribe today. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sports collide. Going back to like what I, you coached at UC Boulder for couple years then is that correct yeah so then COVID hit yeah so that was kind of like the weird oh the end okay because I mean in some ways like you know what you're doing now is is being a coach anyways I mean yes. like and and you know like whether it's performance coach or wellness coach like however you want to think about it but it's do you think about going back to the like specifically volleyball coaching because I who was I, t- I was talking to somebody on the podcast the other day and they have coached 
or they do coach as well. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was an NFL player, but this idea that they also paint, you know, and like being able to bring that kind of, you know, here's, if you're, if he's, a, you know, if you're a high school coach or college coach, somebody that you like, for instance, got to the highest level, you're a professional volleyball player, but then has this other perspective that comes at it from a different world. Like, I think it's so much more important than like this single-minded coach that's only focused on wins and losses, which I understand that's, you know, like that's how we're judged and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not like an idiot, but, but like this idea of like being able to give a player this different perspective in like learning about themselves that actually more than likely in studies do show that when you do have these outside interests and, and especially creativity, like it benefits performance. And it's like, so is that, is that something that you would consider going back to, or are you going to be too busy with all of your endeavors? Yeah. So I thought that, I, um, like when I went to see you, I thought like, this is going to be great. Um, because volleyball is something that I know and that's the world um, that I kind of miss as well but then during that year I just realized that I that the players already have so much information about what to do technically and tactically but what did I see the most in those female athletes was just like they just they were holding themselves back so I thought like that was the bigger a problem or like issue or challenge um the how they can actually like start taking that feedback and turning that into performance. And I think that also like is pretty big part of the mindset. Like how can you actually like utilize that feedback without having all of those boundaries about like, okay, now it's hurting me and I need to deflect that. Or the other way around could also be just like that they didn't believe in themselves enough. So then how can, like, would there be anything that I could do to help with that? Because they already had such great coaches with like technically and tactically and not to say like they were bad mentally at all. But that is kind of like where I felt like I was more passionate about. And that's how it just kind of like moved to the side a little bit and just saw, saw, tried that. Let's just see if this could be my path. And then I flipped it. So then I was from volleyball coaching. I went to mindset coaching and then did volleyball on the side. And now last year I was so left just like volleyball coaching just after July, I think I dropped it. So we'll see. I might go back at some point. You never say never. Um, But so far I feel like there's just like so much work to be done in the emotional mental level that um, I'm excited about this work right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's just one of those things where I think like, I mean, particularly with COVID, mental health is is like epidemic like at this point and i mean again i work with a lot of student athletes and i talk to not just in in university here but in other places and just i think the past couple years has been so bizarre for them like where are they mentally um like physically yes like they don't you know like once you once you play a sport long enough like you have the technical skills and you have the specialty coaches and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but it's more this thing up here. And it's like, what are we doing for that? And, and so like, that's why I was just interested for me because you were in a university and, and your background and your experiences, like I'm sure not only help them on the court, 
but like it helped them off the court. And I think that again, like those things I think are like so important that we sometimes fail to recognize or deal with, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Who like, yeah, absolutely. One, one thing I, I always like to ask is, um, is like influences, you know, and it's, it, it can be, I actually, we actually work with a couple former professional volleyball players. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was thinking back about who both of them had said in the past, but like, just like, you know, and again, it can be, it can be a volleyball player. It could be a teacher. It could be somebody you've never met that inspires you in the way that you think and, and like kind of maybe how you react to it or whatever. Mm, that's a good question. I did have like um, one player that I was also looking up to uh, from Finland was who was another libero. So I think I just liked how, how she was moving everything. But then if I really think like influences, I would say the biggest one for me was Michael Gervais, the sports psychologist mm-hmm. in volleyball. Or I don't know what does he call himself anymore? Sports psychologist what was it? It's like high performance psychologist nowadays um but he like his podcast was one of those that i started listening to like years and years maybe like 2014 or something and i found so much goodness from that podcast that i just became obsessed with him and what he was teaching and like anything that he was saying i I was just kind of like probably the first one to click and find it and reading about it or uh, listening to him so he was definitely one of the big ones and then also and uh, my PE teacher was also one that I um, usually also want to t- thank because she, I did not believe in myself either when I was like 16, 17, 18, and she was my teacher in high school. And then we needed to do these kind of like portfolios where we collect things that we have been doing in the past three years in the high school and where are we going with sports. And then I remember saying something like, well, I might play maybe like in the second division in Finland. Um, I'm not good enough to get anywhere else. And then she pulls me aside after like I've returned that assignment and I was good in school too. So I, I got a good good grade. So it wasn't about the grade. But then she was like, is this really how you think about yourself? And I was like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, I have like no idea. And then she's like, and he was like, no, I'm telling you, like next year, you're not going to be even playing in the second division. Like you're going to be definitely in the Champions League at that point. Like you can do it. You're just not seeing it yourself. And I think she was one of those first people in that like younger age that told me something that I've never heard before. That was a good, very, very good thing for me to hear. Because then it opened my eyes for even just like this much about the possibility that I might be good someday. I didn't need to believe that I am really good right now, but like I might be good someday. So I think I, I definitely look up to her and how she was teaching like us in that time frame. That was really, really impactful for me. No, I I love that because sometimes just those simple gestures by people yeah. to and it's it's just empowerment. It's like, you know, like because we're always the hardest critics on ourselves no matter like whatever a coach or a teacher or whatever will say we Mm -hmm. still have to deal with ourselves 
more than they <laughs> would ever understand. I mean, it's true. Like, it's funny. Like I used to beat the shit out of myself as a baseball player. Like just, I mean, and mentally, which is obviously like horrible because like, yeah. like, like that's the thing that, you know, as an athlete, you don't want to do is you don't want to get in the way of yourself because yeah. like, you know, like we, again, like, and again, like I, I don't mean to like railroad this into just athletics. It can be really for anything, but it's just like, just that simple idea of belief is, mm -hmm. is a powerful gesture or, or feeling or whatever. I mean, like, so that maybe that's an interesting, like sidebar question. And it's like, so what do you, like, you're, you're very strong mentally, I would say, like through what you've gone through, through what you've developed, um, what do you want, what do you want your business to do? Like, where, where do you want it mm. to go like, and change the world? Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do I want to, everybody wants to change the world, but how do I want to change yeah. the world? I wish to change the way that we lead. I wish that we would actually like have leaders that love themselves because I, my experience is that like the people that are in the leadership positions are too often people that wanted to get that position because of the power or the um, money or status yeah. that that role gave them. And I think that's exactly where it goes wrong because then it's not about the people around them that they want to empower and lift to become greater, but then it's always about them. And I think that's where a lot of it, like a lot of the problems also in sports world are. Because it's not that uh, the leaders are caring about lifting the whole level of the team and the individuals higher than they are, but they're, it's too much about them. And that's why there's also so much hurt because then the wounded individuals also tend to project their um, hurt to the players or to the people that are around them. So that's the big picture, how I wish that the leadership changes and how I see like I am being part of it is like if I can be first of all like I need to be the example of that so doing breathwork meditation journaling daily and taking care of myself in this hustle culture and even though I'm building a business and it's a lot of work and it's so much time I cannot forget myself in that process or define myself now through like how much money do I make or how successful my business is which is a big 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 challenge but it starts from myself and then from there on I can see like if I can then help other athletes or coaches or humans to do the work with themselves as well so they can get to know themselves better and find that inner trust and maybe the love and self-compassion towards themselves then they're going to lead differently and then little by little we can also demand like better leaders around us because know that that exists Right now, it's almost like a norm in a lot of environments that, okay, well, that's just how he is. That's how she is, yeah. you know? And it, that's kind of like the culture. And I want that to change so that we can raise the level of performance also higher because that's what we all want. We just go kind of like backwards about it and we have like kind of outdated models how we go about it. And it, there's a lot of hurt in there that I think a lot of it is also unnecessary, even though high standards, high performance, there, it's demanding and it's tough world and it can be tough. I'm not saying like, let's just make it like super soft and goofy and rainbows and um, unicorns all around. But it also, we can have a discussion like 
tough how. And I don't think it needs to be tough in a way that it hurts like the individuals the way that it is right now. No, I you you said something that's like that whole the whole statement was great because I always say that one of the things that I think is fun about what we're doing um and impactful is like, you know, we work with former professional football players, big huge guys that mm-hmm. are artists. And those two th- air quotes, those two things are not supposed to be together. But it's like yeah. when you when you work with the, a person that you know does both at it doesn't again doesn't have to be high levels or whatever but it's it i i always say like for for somebody that watches like or used to watch this football player that's now an artist and they see that they're an artist it gives them permission to be creative or it gives mm-hmm. them permission to do breath work because it's like mm-hmm. like i think sometimes these things are scary to people that don't know about them or act like they I I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. It's like Mm -hmm. when, when somebody does this, that maybe they looked up to in, in this sports profession or whatever, it just, it gives them permission to do it and try it and go, Oh, well, if they're doing it, I can do that. Like, that's not that difficult. And I think permissions like such a, I always use that phrase, but I think it's such an important way to look at it because I do think a lot of people I talk to, and you probably get this as well. It's like they, I don't say they're scared of meditation or breath work, but it's kind of, there's a resistance to it because they don't know really what it is. And I, I can't sit there for five minutes and just yeah. think or, or like not think. And it's like, well, you can, you're just not mm-hmm. trying, you know, it's, 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 again, I'm not sure if it's a, it's a fear as much as, as it is just a not knowing what it is. And do you, I mean, do you run into that? Like with what you're doing? I'm sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. So much, so much. And I think it is part of it. There's so many, of course, like individual reasons, like why we don't do it or like, but a lot of it has to do with that. We are so used to running and like, so that that's how our nervous system works. Like that's kind of like, how right now it is heightened and it's all with the time, like it's all the time kind of like used to being in that state. So then if you, for example, slow down and meditate, it feels like I cannot do this. What's the point? It's just stupid. Like it's just sitting still. Like I, and then we're thinking like the things that we should be doing yeah. in, instead of like actually giving that meditation a real chance to show us what else could be there for us. And I think that's what makes it also kind of uncomfortable. And then some people also then see the uncomfortability as a fear. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, it's interesting to me because I lived in Paris for four months a, a while back Oh, fun. and I, oh, I loved, I would move yeah. back there in a minute, um, especially as being an artist. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's, and, and, you know, just traveling around a little bit in Europe, like you do realize like they're, they do move at a different pace. I think they are more, and again, this is a broad brush yeah. that I think Europeans are, are more mindful but I do think that they're becoming more and more Americanized where like, I think you probably, again, like you've probably seen this Americans are crazy. I mean, like, they, yeah. you know, like they're just, little, 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 we have to move a hundred miles an hour. You can't stop. And, and it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's okay to slow down and to like take a break and do something creative, meditate, do some breath work. Um, but again, like, I think it's just like, it's ingrained in us that we have to work 
40 hour work weeks, but it's not really 40 hours. It's like 60 hour work weeks. And yeah. We have to work till we're 65. We don't get to enjoy life. And, and that's just the way that it is. And, you know, and it's just like, well, no, <laughs> that's yeah. not the way that it should be. And it's, it's, a, I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Like, you know, you, you grew up in Finland and going lived in Paris or in, in France for a while. I mean, did you notice a change while you were there? Like, did it, you notice, like, I, I don't want to use the term Americanized, but it, like that idea that they're becoming like less mindful. Yeah. I think it's overall, overall Western countries that does have this productivity syndrome yep. that we need to be efficient and productive the whole time in order to become valuable to someone. And then that's kind of like how we then just define ourselves. And I, I think that's very dangerous. Um, um, and then moving to USA, seeing, and I already knew this, but um, even I think it has been like, again, like more in my face when I'm living in here at now and how the hustle culture is just like, it's so deep, it's very deep. And I don't know how we can get out of it either um, when it's like, well, not that's a wrong way. Let me just rephrase that one. But um, like how does society here is also built so that like you come out of college with like tons and tons of debt. So the way that you start like counteracting that is through working like crazy. And that's kind of like how you get into it. And it's hard to like get out of it either. But I think um, like you mentioned about the meditation and breath work, those are the ways that we can start questioning, like, is this the life that I actually want to live? without like because if we don't ever do that then the autopilot is gonna take over and then we wake up when we're 66 and it's like okay retirement but i'm not even like where did my 65 years go now i I, my business partner and i've been talking about this recently just his mother just passed and and you know it was one of those things where it's like that generation uh, you know both my parents worked my dad still it's more for fun, but he still like does a job and he's almost 80. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, are you enjoying life at this point? You know, like it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's always kind of in my head of like, I really enjoy what I do. Like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I feel lucky. Like I'm an artist. I mean, I love teaching. I don't necessarily love the administration of academia, but whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, like I do this, like I, my, my business, it's like, I love sports and art. Those are probably my two favorite things. And we smashed them together. And yeah. now we get to like figure out how this works. And yes, there's stressors, but it's still like, man, like, you know, like trying to help people and, and doing these things that I think are beneficial and, and actually love, I, you know, like doing this to me, I, meeting people like you, it's, it's a blast. I would never have met you through if we hadn't started this, you know, this business. And, and like, I get to like randomly just talk to people on the podcast and it's just, I love it. And it's like, and and I, but again, like I think about how many people out there are struggling with these, these different things. And like, how do we, begin to change that. And again, like I think through what you're doing, through what we're doing, through some of the people we also met on Clubhouse, what they're doing, it is like shifting. And I do think like weirdly, I think, although who knows, but I I think COVID 
in some ways made us kind of stop it and mm -hmm. take a like a another look at what the hell we're doing in the world. Um, I don't know if that'll last. It seems like maybe not. Um, but it's it's I don't know. It's it's just it's interesting as, it as is. an outside viewer looking down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and culturally too, like Finland is very hardworking culture. So I also like that's exactly how I've been raised and what, how my parents are working too. Like they just put a lot of work in, in their jobs and then put their head down and are very humble. Um, and then if now COVID just came and stopped everything for, for a minute, for a longer minute, <laughs> but I think it, it, it did definitely give us, gave us that moment of like, what am I doing? And like, am I like, is this the life that I want to have? And I wonder if how many, I'm sure that we cannot really have the research about that, but it would be fun to know, like how many really started to think about their life from a different perspective and like stopped and took like another direction after that, realizing like, maybe this wasn't the life that I wanted to have or create for myself. And now the eyes were opened in that, like through COVID and this moment that they a COVID kind of like offered or forced us to have yep. and take um so I think that's just um also related to breath work because it's um I don't know have you done those like breath work journeys where you just go for like a longer time and yep. then it basically helps yeah helps your thinking might just shut down for a second so then the, the subconscious mind gets to like get a say and to show like what's underneath there and that has been one of those like most eye-opening, game-changing things for me, for my life. Because then I've actually also recognized my patterns that I'm getting from my parents or like from the culture or from the society. And I can I can start questioning them, which is the first part of the change that I also want to create. It's like, are we even able to question or being aware of the things that we're doing on a daily basis or just like that we're not aware of? And that way, if I can like, do that for myself and then hopefully for other people as well, then who knows how, how we're going to change also in the future. And maybe we don't need the productivity and efficiency to be like the measurement of success and value of a human I, anymore. I agree. I agree. I, I feel like I should end it on that because that was so poetic, but <laughs> I mean, like maybe last, last question, like, I mean, where, where do you want your business to go? Like, I mean, you know, like five year plan, ten year plan. Like, are you are you still in Colorado, by the way? Yes. Okay. When yeah. I'm I'm always out there, by the way, because my business partner lives oh, cool. out in Fort Collins, as a matter of fact. So, so okay, I'm let's definitely well, grab a coffee well, someday. I was just gonna say, but like, do you like do you envision yourself staying there? I don't know why you would ever want to move. It's so beautiful there. But, uh, yes. <laughs> um, like, do you like do you in, see this like growing and traveling and and all that stuff? Yeah, so I do see my business growing into just like a bigger, but I do see like it's going to have that neurosomatic tools and then mindset. So it's not only about mindset anymore. It's also like emotional health and like what comes through breath work and, and how that is connected with our just like brain and all of that. So there's like science also behind it. So I'm learning all of that. And I, I'm sure that's going to be definitely the bigger bigger trend in the future as well so I see myself just like diving fully into that and let's see like how that looks like but um running events so that people yeah. can actually like get those groundbreaking experiences through breathwork and whatever the theme is that at that um event and then I want to just keep continuing 
also combining Denver and Finland. <laughs> That's so that I, I, like can, I, I can have the life where I, I, I combine the best parts of both because then I do love Finland. I think there are very, very awesome values in there that I also want to instill into Sykespread. Also, my family still lives there. So I also want to be and spend some time um, in Finland as well every single year a lot. Yeah. But then in Denver too, like I love this city and everything. So, and there's also a lot of good things about America. And I do like, for example, one thing that I um, noticed that how much has affected me is like, you can also really dream big here. <laughs> and, it, and it's not something that is going to be... Um, criticized or you know just kind of like oh well that's that's a pretty bold dream like maybe you, you shouldn't like just start from somewhere like a little bit more realistic and so that has been very good for me just to be able to say like no I want to see my business grow yeah. like someday maybe I will have my certifications or whatever that is um, gonna look like and at the same time I want to have a dream but then let the life unfold and show like where to go and not decide try to decide like I need to know every single step from this week for the next 10 years. Yeah. Well, two things. I What kind of music do you like, by the way? Because I always like put new music to um, just style because I'll end up writing it. And then the other thing I was going to say to you is, and this is in the future, but um, we bought land up in Montana about three years ago with the idea of starting like an artist athlete residency. And again, and I mentioned this to most people that I have on here because mm -hmm. like for me, like you're doing workshop type stuff that mm -hmm. it would be something when we get this thing started that like, you know, maybe you can come up and do a workshop and all that stuff. Because I, again, I just, all these things are valuable, I think in, in, in what we're trying to do. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I'm, definitely in right away <laughs> montana's also beautiful i go out there all yeah. the time i'm <clears throat> i've become addicted to photographing wolves in yellowstone Ooh. yeah i'm just like yeah it's just absolutely stunning to me so music what kind of music oh that's a tough question because i listen to so many different kinds um if i would just say like for example my latest three bands that i'm listening to a lot yeah. red hot peppers is one of my favorites okay. <laughs> all-time favorites so we can go with that and then um, yeah, some Finnish music, like Hallo Helsinki, which is kind of funny now to say like those <laughs> bands from different countries that people necessarily know. And then, yeah, I just also like a lot of like drum music. Okay. All right. So, we'll see what I can come up with. And I want to make yeah. sure it's Sana Koyonen. Yes. Perfect. Okay. You said it nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this because like, again, it was, it, you were somebody just through the clubhouse space that I always wanted to get on. And so it was, it was an absolute blast and I'm really excited that you've launched and like excited for your future. And, um, and again, like hopefully we can do some collaborations. I'll send you, um, send me your email over, um, over, uh, Instagram. And then I'll send when I, yeah. this will be out probably two, three weeks. I usually release one a week and I got like two in the hopper already. So, um, yeah, I'll, um, send you a couple images and a couple video snippets for promotion. So, yeah, cool. sounds good. Yeah. This was amazing. I definitely <laughs> will email you and awesome. <laughs> see. Yeah, yeah. There's so many good things that we can definitely collaborate with. Absolutely. So. And like I said, I'll be out there probably in May, um, June and I'll, you know, be up the road. So if we can grab a coffee, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's do that. Cool. It's a deal. Awesome. Have a lovely day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. It was fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.
really, really love that conversation. I mean, Sana is doing some, so many incredible things and really just looking forward to her business exploding. I think what is so amazing uh, about her is not only her passion, but her will. I mean, all the stuff that she went through with, you know, like the end of her career and how it was kind of taken away because of, you know, the infection. I, I just think that, you know, she's really just so determined and just really, really inspiring. Uh, please make sure to follow Sana on Instagram at mind of S-A-A-N-A and stop by her website S-A-A-N-A-K-O-L-J-O-N-E-N.com. Make sure to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Remember, uh, we just launched our new seasonal subscription box, so stop by artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and start your journey today. Also, make sure to stop by our website or beginagaintoys.com and check out our Percy King Collaborative Stacked Puzzle Art Kits. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Yeah.